0: AdYak. You're listening to AdYak. AdYak is the official podcast of the AAF Greater Lehigh Valley Ad Club. Our mission is to inspire creativity and enhance the professional development of the advertising and marketing communities where we live and work. I'm your host Bill Childs, and I'll talk with artists, designers, writers, directors, photographers, along with those who work in a creative capacity. Our aim here is to serve as a creative resource to help you stay informed, entertained, and above all, inspired. Jen Bohr is the owner-operator of Hoot Design Studio in York, Pennsylvania, and is an award-winning illustrator and graphic designer. She's worked in the design and marketing industry since 2004. Before her father's passing in 2019, she felt inspired by his words. Life is short, Jenny. Do what you love now while you have the time. She took her father's advice to heart and opened Hoot Design Studio to focus on her passion and love of pen and ink illustration and graphic design. In this episode of AdYak, you'll learn why she's glad she didn't listen to the naysayers who told her to pick another line of work. And she shares her story on how she was able to make the leap from employee to entrepreneur. And why if you're going to fail at something, it better be at doing something you love. Her beautiful hand-drawn illustrations and designs can be found on stationery and cards at Papyrus and American Greetings, beer can labels at Monument City Brewing, Paul Pack Brewing Company, moonshine labels for Bald Hills Distillery, Mud Hen Brewing Company, and her illustrations have been used in children's books, fabric, wallpaper, beer coasters, pillows, stickers, and more. Jen is an eternal optimist, and I'm grateful for her for taking the time to share her insights with me. So here's my ad yak. With Jen Bohr but first I want to thank our sponsors ASR media and Lehigh Valley with love we appreciate your support and collaboration Jen Bohr welcome to adyak
1: thanks for having me
0: excited to have you here I've, I've, um, I've man I've been looking at your work and just I, I so cool I love what you do there's so much on your website that, that I was looking at and just the sheer amount of it uh, we'll get into that in a second, but um, walk me through a little bit about your your early career. You know, wh- where did how did you get started? And did, is this a career that that you chose, or did, did it choose you? Always wondered that about uh, people that go into this field because I, I think that a lot of times in a creative capacity, the career chooses us. So
1: that's definitely true. Yeah, it's it's definitely not something that I I would have thought of like right out of college, like beer labels. You know, it's it's nothing that even popped into my mind or, you know, a possibility at that point. Um, Breweries are definitely canning more with the pandemic. um, Mm -hmm. So that led to the opportunity for more labels. Um, But yeah, I've been, you know, a graphic designer out here for 15, gosh, almost 20 years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I've been just, you know, doing the hustle working full time as a graphic designer at different companies and agencies freelancing on the side always Um, did my first beer label probably about four years ago. It was a freelance project Um, and it was, you know, awesome to be able to incorporate my hand-drawn illustration and artwork because typically with, you know, the graphic design work that I'm, you know, was used to doing is the pocket folders, the logos, (laughs) catalogs, you know, I didn't get to draw. So this kind of was the light bulb moment of like, What is this? You know, uh, right? Okay. I started entering contests, and I won a label contest, and from there it just kind of started to snowball, and started looking for more clients in the industry.
0: So, so how long have you been? How long have you been in the industry? Not the beer, just as a whole.
1: 2004 as a graphic designer.
0: Okay, and you? Did you work at any traditional agencies?
1: Yeah, yeah, everything from like, um, my first one of my first jobs out of college was at fast signs. So I was doing all kinds of banners, murals, sign production. Um, From there, I went to um, industrial recovery services for seven years, I was a senior graphic designer doing all the postcards, marketing for the auction, uh, HTML website stuff, email campaigns, um, then from there, uh, York Wall Coverings, I was um, the lead marketing coordinator for all the trade shows, packaging, designs, um, the full catalogs for the roommates division. Um, okay. From there, uh, Jarvis Green Design Marketing as senior graphic designer, that's an agency. So I got my hands you know, working with a lot of different builders and building industry, doing branding and, and all that good stuff. So.
0: And this was primarily in the York area?
1: Yeah. Yeah. York.
0: Okay. So you're, and you're still based in York. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that Steve jobs used to talk about is how, um, over the course of a career, when you look back, you might not know it at the time, but you can see how the dots can connect, you know, one dot connects to the other dot, you know, and, and it just, it just all connects. Um, how, how do your dots connect? Like, how do you, how do you connect those dots to what you started out doing? To beer can labels or do those dots not connect or do they
1: yeah oh my gosh that's such a great question because they they definitely do and it's something that early in my career you know like fresh out of college or just working some different jobs or even freelance or dealing with that difficult project or client you didn't see it then but now looking back the experience and the skills that i developed for working for large companies like your wall coverings to a small mom and pop agency, just learning the processes of what works, what doesn't work, how to deal with a client changes um, when you screw something up, what happens. And, just, <laughs> you know, there's just, there's a lot involved that you don't learn in school, you know, so that hands on, right. right. um, it's definitely like you definitely connect all the dots of a project that I'm working on now reminds me of something I learned 10 years ago that like, oh man, like if I didn't go through the trenches of all these things, I would not know how to do it now. You know? mm,
0: that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. I, uh, one of my first jobs out of, out of school, right out of high school, and I might have talked about this on my first podcast, but I'll, I'll tell it to you real quick. Um, I worked at a sign company here in Allentown. And my main job was to lay out letters, doctors' names. Okay, now this is before computers, so no one was typing typing the names in. I was lettering, letter or using um, an exacto knife, and placing each letter single handedly. Right, vinyl lettering. Well, yeah. guess what? When I placed a Y down and an O, I didn't place it the way a computer would and leave that awkward space. Right, so. What I was actually doing was something called kerning, but I didn't know that it was called kerning because there were no computers yet. Tracking, kerning, whatever you want to call it. So I got really good at letter spacing, like really good. And, and people, designers that have worked with me know you never show me bad kerning
1: because like
0: I will send the design, I will go get out. Like you're, yes. you can't even have this discussion. Look at your kerning. Like it, it's like, I, I don't know. I think it might actually even be a, like some kind of OCD thing now because Everywhere I look, I just see bad kerning.
1: You're constantly Oh, I do that too. I there were a horror story years ago. I woke <laughs> up and looked at my alarm clock and tried to kern the letter the the numbers in between. I'm like, just there's too much space. <laughs>
0: it drives me nuts. And I see it on national TV programs, I see it on on movie screens, I watch credits and I'm like, come on. You, you know, it's not like you were using a font that's like, you know, specifically you know, if it's an old school font, you know, to try to look like there's extras. No, you just totally yeah. got lazy there and forgot to move that that O next to that Y or, yeah. or whatever. So, um, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting about how when you learn, you do something. You you if you if you're smart, you remember what you did so you don't do it again when that when that comes up. So, tell me a little bit about um, your creative process. You know, do you, how do you how do you start these things? I mean, I've, I've seen so many different labels on your site, the sheer amount of work that's up there. Um, it's, it's cool to go look at and just, there's just so much neat stuff. I, I, I recommend everybody after this podcast, go to your website and, and look at your work. Um, in fact, what is your, what's your website uh, URL?
1: It's hootdesignstudio.com.
0: All right, there you go. Cause it's just, uh, yeah. So tell me, tell me about your process.
1: Um, well, depending on the label, you know, if it's like the traditional, I'll grab this one, for instance, from Paul okay. and Paul Pack. If it's the pen and ink, um, typically, no matter what design I'm starting with, it'll be a pencil sketch. Um, okay. Just the, the concept of after the design brief with the client of, you know, hey, we want this, you know, this beer, it's going to be called small mouth. So we want a small mouth bass, you know, okay. fish okay. illustrated. Mm-hmm. So I started on some sketches of what, you know, what he's gonna look like, is he jumping out of the water, as he flush on, just mm-hmm. some thumbnails to kind of get the conversation started. Okay. Um, once, once we land on like, hey, this is what we're, we're thinking, then I'll do the full illustration, if it's pen and ink or a Procreate digital drawing. Um, once that's finalized, it'll either be scanned and digitized or if it was already drawn digitally or as a vector, then I already have it mm-hmm. in the computer. To then take into Photoshop to like in this instance, we kept the pen and ink, but then did some, you know, coloring of the fish. Right, right, right.
0: Now, do you show the client the pencil sketches before you go to to start working out the pen and ink?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the buy in there. Okay, yeah, keep them included every step of the way of, you know, like, how's this looking? What do you think of this? Do you want the fish to be doing something else? Is it or is it just a flat on, you know? Um, Are we doing something creative a lot of times instead of realistic, you know, are we doing something cartoony? Um, So yeah, definitely including them along the way in that creative process until we get to, you know, the graphic design of the label with putting the name, the Mm -hmm. layout, the UPC, their logo um, and then sharing the comps and revisions along the way with that.
0: Okay. Uh, How do you find um, that process? I mean, do, do you have are the clients difficult? Do they understand? Are they, you know, how many times do you have to kind of go back to the drawing board and start over? You know, what, what's, what's your your experience with that? Cause I mean, I've, I've had it all over the board. You know, I've I've had clients where I presented logos, I presented one and they loved it. And then there's some clients where I remember the one time we were doing a catalog. um, I think we did 30 versions of this catalog cover and they couldn't pick, they couldn't pick, you know, I think we just like, there was just so, so much choice. So what's, what's been, what's your experience? What are you seeing?
1: Um, Definitely all across the board, Um, depending on the client, if it's someone that I've worked with for for several years that already understands and knows my process and Mm -hmm. can kind of envision what it's going to look like from that pencil sketch to the end. If we've already done this, you know, this rodeo dance a couple times together, then they, you know, they kind of trust me and they're like, Hey, this is awesome. Keep going. Um, okay. if it's a new client, then there's you know there's definitely a learning curve and I try and explain and share and show and hop on calls or a zoom and you know create mood board styles and try to walk you know walk them through it because then it's less time that I'm spending drawing right. getting wrong perhaps you know and having to add to the invoice or it being above budget you know the scope of the project so it's it really varies and you know a lot of times it varies on the size of the company too Mm -hmm. you know if it's a smaller company that may not have ever worked with a graphic designer before so they're not sure what to expect so seeing a sketch might look like oh is this is this the final thing is this what it's going to look like you know so Uh, just mm -hmm. having to kind of hold their hand and educate them along the way. Um, but yeah. It's, would, it's right. And I would
0: imagine too, you have clients that probably are, are, are a little bit more edgy, a little bit more willing to take a risk on some things. And then probably some that are just right. That are just kind of like, wow, like you, you took my concept and you watered it down so much. It's almost like, like not even existent anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a, a variety of the scale. It's either like, Hey, we hired you to do it. We trust you we we know it's going to be great just do it make something awesome and then on the other hand it's You know, just move this to the left and move it up, and you know it's it's their baby, so they're literally being that keyboard puppeteer of every little inch of the way. You know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, which sometimes those can be the difficult clients because it's like I I want to put my creativity into it, but then you feel stifled and boxed in that you're trying to meet the needs and the vision they have, but you can't really explore other ideas. So
0: right, right. Interesting. I tell you the one label that I, I, I noticed, I was looking at your site last night, harmonic convergence.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: That's probably my favorite one. I yeah, just really like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was super fun to work The
0: on. black can and just the way it, and I love too, how like you show, you show kind of like the can and the design and then the two ends, you know, you really get a sense of like what that whole label looks like. So um yeah. So it's cool. So, okay. So you're, you're, you're experiencing a lot of what, like, you know, I've experienced in, in my career with presenting, you know, there's times where I I've had clients that trust me implicitly and they'll even say like, you know, listen, you didn't create this for me. You created it for, you know, the class, the customers that we're trying to go after. So if you say this is what, what it should be, that's what it should be. I can probably count on one hand, the clients that I had that allowed me that freedom. Sadly, yeah. you know, it's-
1: it can be few and far between and it's you know definitely um i did a, a speaking engagement with york college the other month and i was telling the the students that it's he who has the gold rules so you know if the client <laughs> is paying me and the check doesn't bounce i do whatever they want i can suggest and recommend things and say hey i think we should try this or you know what if that but at the end of the day they're paying me to do a service. So right. if, if they want this fish jumping and dancing and on roller skates, that's what they're going to get.
0: <laughs> but what if it's something that like you just like you like you don't want to compromise on? You're just like, it, this is what it has to be. It would be so cool. How do you how do you skirt that line? What do you do?
1: Um, Definitely show them ideas, sketch it out. You know, if I think the fish should be on roller skates, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll I'll do a little cartoon version of like, oh my gosh, I think this would be so eye catching. What if, what if, but not go too far or push too loud because you could lose the client. And ultimately, you know, you you want to work with that client some more. So, you know, I, I respect the boundary of just kind of seeing what they think. And if it's a, no, we wanted a realistic fish, then okay. Okay. You know, so it's, it's, it's a soft, a soft sell sometimes.
0: (laughs) So that, that leads me to this question. How do you get your clients?
1: Um, it's been kind of working, you know, just networking, like word of mouth since The more I do, and the more I put out there in the world on Instagram, social media, um, the more other breweries find me through, you know, the posts and my website, the SEO on my website, but usually mainly, especially with the breweries, it's, it's networking because, There's so many in a close area, they see other cans, they, somebody Mm -hmm. knows somebody else, you're having a beer and like, oh gosh, there's a brewery, you know, you should meet Jen Bohr, she illustrates, you know, so it's kind of the word of mouth.
0: Okay. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is, um, in the mid seventies, the country went crazy with beer cans. And I got caught up in this. I was a kid. I was like 14, 15. I couldn't even Drink the stuff, but I was fascinated by the designs, right? The designs that were on the cans. So that I think was an obviously an early love because I loved design, I loved art, I loved I loved that aspect of it. Um, but then the whole country was collecting beer cans, like kids from like ten to like eighteen, and then older people got involved in it. And this was back when cans were steel, like not the, like the aluminum, yeah. you know. Can these were steel cans that were like, and I I still have my cans. There, there's 900 of them. They're, they're packed away up in my attic, but, and I have some really cool stuff up there. I, I would love one day I have to get it, get it out and, and, and look at them, but also yeah. I'm a big pen and ink guy. I love pen and ink drawings. I, I, I do. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is mostly like, uh, like buildings, like architectural renderings of buildings and schools and, and stuff like that. But so it was kind of like to see you getting to, to marry two things that, that, Growing up, I always loved to do pen and ink, and you know, I beer cans, and to to have that as a career, I just think is just so cool. Like, what what uh, what do you love the most about what you do?
1: Being able to draw, um, you know, because my whole design career has been that print production, graphic design. You know, it's I mean the logos incorporate the creativity, but it's been layout and hurry up and get it done and just get it done, get it out. And the, you know, it really stifles the creativity. And I think being able to be an artist again and illustrate and and use artwork that I created from scratch on a product, on something that someone's going to see is the most rewarding part of what I do. And, you know, just kind of like to look back as, as a as a kid or even in high school and think of like, you know, all the, the mentors at the time that were telling me I need to pick a different career because you're going to be a starving artist. There's mm. no work out there. Just go get a factory job. You would be more successful than trying to draw for a living. So I think that aspect is, again, the most rewarding part just of like, Hey, I made it. I get to do something I love and get paid for it. So it's, that's the coolest part.
0: Well, that leads me to perfectly to the next thing I want to ask you, because I remember reading this on your website and I thought, you know, when I talk to you, I want to ask you about this. Um, your dad said something to you that, uh, his quote was life is short, Jenny, do what you love while you have the time. And I think, what you said or were alluding to there is he kind of inspired you to kind of say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on my own. I mean, is that a Is that a fair, how that those two things kind of came together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. At the time I was working full time for an agency and freelancing on the side and freelance was starting to pick up, but I didn't quite have enough that I felt like I could take that leap of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always just continued to work. It felt like two full-time jobs trying to manage the freelance in the evening work the nine to five the traditional job during the day and I was just miserable honestly you know mm-hmm. it was just working all the time and every weekend and late nights and um, you know my dad was diagnosed with dementia and he was in a nursing home for three years wow. um, try not to get emotional <laughs> but uh, you know one thing he, he always reminded me you know Take, take the chance while you have it now, because you don't know how long you have.
0: That's so um, awesome. That's so great.
1: So yeah, it, it really, it gave me that push of motivation to, you know, why not? Why not try it? If it doesn't work out, I'll just go back it to, you know, go back, find mm-hmm. another nine to five traditional work. But, you know, at the time I wasn't able to do the creative things I wanted to do. I couldn't incorporate my drawing stuff. And it it turned into like again, you know, I said before a keyboard puppeteer where you're just move it up, make it bold, add a starburst. <laughs> you know, you I never heard
0: that keyboard. term. That's a that's an accurate keyboard puppeteer. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna remember like, that one. Yeah.
1: Relaying what someone else is doing, you know, mm-hmm. that or mouse control basically, you know, like someone right, right. hold your hand and just kind of like, oh my gosh. So, you know, I I've was going through a lot of different things at the time, you know, with the passing of my dad. And I I decided, I I asked my boss at the agency if I could go part-time. So Mm -hmm. I went to three days a week instead of the five, that way it gave me those two extra days to try to grow my business, find clients, work on my website, the networking, all the stuff to just kind of get myself geared up. And the more, the more I did it, I was like, I, I don't have time for this three days a week now, you know, I need to go full-time so okay. I can put all of my energy into what I was doing.
0: Well, I guess that speaks to two. If, if you're going to, if you're going to fail at something, it better be at something that you love doing. Because quite honestly, if you, if you're doing something that you love, you're probably not going to fail at it, right? It, it you know, as I think that's the, that's the point is just, you know, it, we, so, we can get caught up so many times, so much in just the day-to-day grind, and we just don't see that there could be, there could be other opportunities out there for us, you know, um, and then it becomes that fear, that fear of taking that leap, you know, when do you take that leap, you know, how, what, so, so talk to me a little bit more about when you knew it was time to kind of to finally pull, pull that, uh, you know, lever and, and go forward.
1: Um, just like as the, the clients started to increase and I started enjoying the freelance when I couldn't wait to get home from that day job to start my second job because I wasn't enjoying mm. the, the daytime anymore. Right, I was looking right. forward to drawing and creating and, you know, even just working on my own website and working on my own portfolio um, that I, you know, I knew it was time when I was miserable and there'd be days when I was crying and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, it is, it is time to, to try this. And if it doesn't work out, we can always find another job, you know, there's, there's. Right.
0: Always.
1: Okay. So that, that was, makes you know.
0: that makes sense. So would the eight-year-old version of you be proud of, uh, who you become?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> like I said before, you know, I feel like growing up, it was beaten in my head that um, if you're going to do anything with art, you're going to be a starving artist. You're not going to make it that this would be the worst choice to go to school for art, Um, which led me to, you know, pursue graphic design because I was like, but, but I love to draw. I want to, I want to do something with what I I love. So what, what is there out there that I can do? Um, So, Again, you know, I have my degree in graphic design as opposed to going for fine art or illustration because I thought that's that's the only thing I can do is is create layouts and billboards and things like that with with my art. My illustration is completely self-taught, and yeah, that eight-year-old would be super proud that like I made it and I, I you're doing something with it. You know, this isn't just a hobby, or, you know, I've heard that so many times, like, oh, your, your, your art's nice and all, but that's, that's something you do for fun on the side, you know, so I,
0: Mm. see, I just think it's mind-blowing to me that people would recommend that you go do something that they, in their mind is, is because it's not art, like what, go take a job that you're going to hate and be miserable at, you know, and work 40 hours a week and feel unfulfilled and, and just all the other stuff that comes along with that, as opposed to doing what you love, doing what you feel like you were put here to do, having fun while you're doing it. Like I'm a big believer in all those things can line up. You can have fun at what you do. Um, when you have a passion for it, it doesn't feel like work. You attract people into that world and you get paid. That's, that's, that's a beautiful thing you know, that's the way it's supposed to be.
1: Absolutely. You know? And
0: and we're in a time now where, you know, listen, you know, the factory jobs, I mean, they're just not there like they used to be, you know, uh, where people would kind of come out of school. And, you know, especially, around, you know, you look around here in Allentown, Bethlehem, we had, we had Bethlehem Steel, we had Mack Truck, you know, these were big, big manufacturing area here. And, you know, a lot of the You know, we don't have it anymore. I mean, this area has come back tremendously um, from those those early, uh, you know, late 70s, early 80s, when it was just like it just seemed like every other day there was a there was a layoff at these big places. But um, so you don't just do beer cans, though, like you're there's others. You do other stuff, right? You're doing you're like you were mentioning, you're doing billboards, you're doing what are some of the other projects that you're working on?
1: Yeah. Like for instance, uh, Spirit Trust Lutheran, um, the nursing community, Um, pocket folders, trifold brochures, um, updates to flyers just different HR documents and things like that. Um, so if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see mainly craft beer community type stuff. Um, but there's a, a ton of other stuff that I call it my money bucket that might not be <laughs> as creative, you know, that is just the, the graphic design of like, maybe it's just a, a flyer, um, for an event or a poster or, or, you know, different things. If it, if it's just a down and dirty kind of, email blast, or, um, I do a lot of banners for like Facebook, for like the zoom events for churches and different things like that. So, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of little things behind the scenes that you you won't typically see me share if it's not beer related, but yeah, I, I definitely dip my hands in any, any graphic design that comes my way.
0: Okay. How do you, do you find it difficult to be doing the work while you're trying to get new work? How do you, how do you strike that balance?
1: It definitely, it definitely is a balance just being a, a sole, you know, entrepreneur, just a one person shop, um, trying to, you know, designate maybe specific two days a week where I'm doing, you know, I call it the typey typey and the emails and the networking or the PR, social media posts, and then having specific other days where I'm in full creative mode, Because mm. trying to kind of mix the two you know, your brain, ha- my brain at least has trouble starting and stopping like, okay, I'm going to have a, a call today and a zoom. And, you know, then I'm going to like try and do a contract and then I'm going to, you know, do the accounts receivable and payable. You know, I, I try to keep all the clerical stuff on one day and then have open studio time and creative time just to, to, you know, blast things out and, and draw.
0: Right. So it's, right. Okay. Okay. So what, um, what advice could you give, you know, some, some, uh, maybe a young designer coming out of school and thinking, you know, I don't know if I want to go work in, in an agency and, and kind of do all that stuff and kind of get lost. I, you know, what do you, what do you say to that person in terms of like how they could, you know, embrace their own inner entrepreneur? What, what, kind, what kind of advice would you have for, for somebody like that?
1: I would say, you know, definitely I would, I would recommend working at an agency or, you know, even a sign shop or, or what have you. I have absolutely no regrets in the, the 15, 18 years that I put in before I got to where I'm at, because um, like we talked about earlier, I've, I've learned so much. Good and bad, and what works in a small company, and how to, you know, just the processes that you're not always the creative person. You know, there's some days I don't even get to open Photoshop or Illustrator, you know, just learning how to create a contract and send an invoice and work with a client and network and um, all the different things that go into owning a business. It's not just, let me get out here and the clients are going to find me. Um, So it's definitely, You know, I've been building, um, I don't know if you would say a reputation, but just working with clients and building that client base for years, um, and especially even having that, that that bank account, because when, you know, when you first, at least for me anyway, when you first take that leap of faith, you're not going to make money right away. I definitely missed that paycheck from the nine to five because Mm. now you're hustling on your own and every week is where's that money coming? Where's that money coming? Even if you're working on a project, it's not done until the project's done. So how am I paying my car payment, my mortgage, and eating this week? You know, right, so it's definitely right. you got to be three steps ahead to make sure the money's coming in each step of the way. Um, so I would recommend getting the experience because you're going to meet so many other designers, you're going to learn so many other processes that will streamline what you're doing. Um, having that experience and you know have a savings because it's definitely you know within the first year you're going to be dipping into that to make sure you can pay your bills because it's, it's, there's a lot of ups and downs in owning a business I've found out <laughs> and it's, it's hard. It's, it's not for everyone. It's a, um, some days, I, you know, weeks I'm working 70, 80s hours a week, evenings, weekends. And I miss that nine to five of here's your paycheck every week. Now it's, you know, a month from now I'm getting paid for something that I, Finished in August, or you're mm-hmm. having to hound that client, like, okay, I when you paying this invoice, you know, as opposed to just having that money drop in your account. So Right, right. Like yeah. what they
0: there's there was a book out a couple of years ago. It was, I think it was called the entrepreneurial myth, the e-myth, where you know, let's say you're really good at like bricklaying, right? So what you want to do is I want to start a business laying bricks. So you start your business, next thing you know is like you're you're doing payroll, you're doing payroll taxes, you're doing medical. You're, you're like, you're, you're, you're buying insurance. You're looking you're, you're doing everything but laying bricks. And now you've hired <laughs> other, other people to lay bricks. So you're supervising them. Right. So it's like, I can see what you're talking about this, how it's like, it's like, you, you know, you, yeah, you, you have to be able to balance the time when you, when you're creating. And those are two different sides of the brain. You know, one side is, is for the drawing and the art. And then the other side has to be like your you know that you got your business hat on when you do you know your taxes and and making sure like you know invoices are coming in or your invoices are going out, right so you gotta yeah that's to me that's probably the the biggest uh balance that has to be met you know and that's not everyone's always cut out for that aspect of it because yeah. they just kind of want to do the one thing they just you know they go into business because they want to do that thing that they love, which is good, but like you said, you need. You need that the rest of that. And you can get a lot of that and learn a lot of that while you're at another company.
1: Yes. You know while you're that graphic designer full time at that company. Because when you start your own business, like you, like you just said, you're not just the graphic designer. You're wearing, you're a jack of all trades. You're wearing so many hats and trying Mm -hmm. to balance it all. You know, sometimes I do ask myself, I'm like, wait, wait. I remind myself, why did I get into this? You know, I'm not in the business of creating estimates every day, you know, because you can spend a ton of time making an estimate for a client and not get the job. So that's unpaid time. That's unbillable time. Um, Yeah, there's, you know, a lot of little things that you do as a business owner that aren't the graphic design or the creative illustrator that, you know, you dreamed of. So, even your web, de- web design and uh, PR, you know, just every, everything like that. Being yeah. your own salesman is, uh, is key too.
0: Sure, sure. How do you do with that stuff? Do you feel like you do okay with it? Like, do you like going out and networking pe- with people and talking to people?
1: At first, no. <laughs> I'm I'm the, the typical artist, the introvert that wants to hide under my desk. And I'm like, I just want to draw all day. I just mm-hmm. I just wanna do the cool stuff. And you I really had to push myself out of that. Uh, bubble because you know I was used to working at agencies and other jobs where you just have that art director coming to you and here's the job here's the stuff here's what we need and now it was you got to go out and hunt and find those clients and talk to them and have personal relationships and put yourself out there and in front of the camera and all those all those things that are scary Um, but again it comes easier with experience and time it's um, if I got to talk to myself, you know, go back in time and yep. have a face-to-face with myself right out of college, you know, I would be scared to death. I'd be like, ah, <laughs> what are you talking about? All this stuff you have to do. So it's, you know, getting the experience and it comes in time, you know, it's, it's yep. not something Well, I always
0: thought that that was the, you know a neat thing that if you, if you were open uh, to learning which is lifelong, by the way, which I tell that when I speak at my like colleges and universities, I tell this, a lot of the students don't think just because when you're done, when you're done with college, that you're done learning, it just, oh, it no. just, it's just starting <laughs> and it's lifelong. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's just, you know, like what you said, you know, pushing yourself out of that, out of that comfort zone. Cause that's where, that's where the real learning will happen. Um, so let me ask you this, you have a, a a, a tremendous amount of, of work um, that I, that I mentioned earlier, like, have you, what, what's like some of your favorite projects that you got to work on? I mean, in terms of like from the, from the beer can side.
1: I was going to say one, one of my favorite, one of my first projects was actually from moonshine. Um, oh. so that was, that was super fun. What to brand watch. is that? Um, Lightning Shack. It's um, oh, Bald Hills Distillery. They were up in Dover. They Let unfortunately, me see that. Turn it.
0: Turn it so I can see the cover. It's like a oh, it's like a log cabin kind of log like cabin and the, the still old and kind okay
1: of still. Yeah, I like
0: that. Now, so did that you design was, that label as well?
1: Yeah, that was that was super fun to work on. Wow. Um, just keeping it black and white, like you said. I love the pen and ink, the line yeah. art. Um, but then it's you know it's cool to start incorporating the color, the monochromatic stuff. Um, yeah.
0: Now, what is that called?
1: This one is sinking ship. So it's a coconut porter. So there's, you know, this the ship that hit the iceberg. It's sinking <laughs> in this cold water that's filled with coconuts. Um, so these are super fun. I love do. the
0: colors on that. That's like what a what are the oh, It's like a blue it, and an orange and a Yeah, yep,
1: yeah. it's a cold brew beer. So Okay. Oh, I like the, the, the I like the, the um palette.
0: I like the steel the aluminum can there. Like the this the, the, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like a different it's different color.
1: It's almost like got a, a, a bluish tinge to it.
0: Right, right. I really like that.
1: But uh, cool. yeah, so this was a super fun, you know, fun one to work on because then we took the can art and made coasters and other stuff with it. So that's always
0: well, and I would imagine too, you'd get into t-shirt designs, right? There's some other there's things that can be done there. Mugs, yeah, you know, coffee t-shirts. mugs, or yeah, okay. I did promise you that I would show you the one uh, the one thing. This is. Um, this is the beer can Bible. Oh, yes. You would love this because all it is is just page after page of beer cans.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: And this is the this is the best part. Ready? That right there is Dick Yingling's <gasps> signature.
1: Oh my gosh. Like Yingling. Like Dick Yingling. Oh my gosh. The the man. Wow. It says,
0: Bill, with much appreciation for your interest in beer. Sincerely. Dick Yingling. And the reason I got that was, um, one of the, when I worked at the agency, we were, we were in a, uh, a, a pitch with them to do some, to do some creative form. And we made it to the last round. Uh, and we, we didn't get the work, but, um, he was coming out of the shop one day and, uh, off the floor and I saw him and I had it in my hand and I just said, you know, can you sign my beer can Bible? And I thought, what is that? I mean, it awesome. literally is the beer can Bible, the beer can collector's Bible. Um, that's, and it's,
1: wow! It's, that's such a great cool book, happening. and have his signature in there is just a two for one. I'm like, wow. yeah,
0: I should uh, put this on uh, eBay or something.
1: Oh, you know? it would probably sell for yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: I mean, Yingling—that's you know—that's America's oldest brewery. I mean, they got the title, you know. But um, yeah, so that was a fun little little thing. I, I I don't know. I I um I should do something with my cans. I always thought that I was I would do a bar. If I had a bar, like in a, in a basement, I would put the cans all like behind me, but they just ended up, um, staying up in my attic. Oh,
1: you'll have to dig them out. That's, that's so inspiring. It's neat to hear that you like that you collected them as a, you know, as a kid.
0: I had them, I had my dad built shelves in my room. Um, so my bed was in the, you know, the room and on each side of my bed were shelves that went from the floor to the ceiling. And just as high, and you know, each space was just enough for one beer can. And I had, I don't know, probably at that time, maybe 300 of them. Yeah. And I just, I would always, they fascinated me. I would pull them down. I would look at them. Some of them were very intricate. Um, You know, it just, just learning about how beer was, you know, when it was originally put in, in cone tops, when it went in cans, and then it went into flat tops. And then people were, people didn't want to really drink it out of cans because they thought it affected the taste if you've ever heard about those old stories. So, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of lore and history around beer in, in, in this, in this country. In fact, you could say, you could make the argument that beer is the reason America exists. Do you know why? Because beer, no beer was on the Mayflower because beer wouldn't, wouldn't go bad. So that that liquid they could drink if they put water on, you know, that could that could, you know, it could go bad. It could get, you know, beer, beer isn't going to because of the process. So that's what helped the pilgrims, you know, kind of, you know, go through on the Mayflower was beer. So beer could really be, you know, say like, you know, it helped found America. Because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to, like, make the journey. They needed liquid. And beer was on beer was on the Mayflower.
1: That's that's interesting. There's so much history I'm learning, like so much about, like even I was reading somewhere about, like I guess the the monks, were yeah. The ones oh, yeah, to do like the labeling and like the sanitary stuff, like just different stuff mm-hmm. with the beer and. Um,
0: well, even just some marketing things that, like from years ago, Schlitz uh, did a campaign many many years ago. Um, they came out with a campaign where they basically said we steam clean our bottles. Okay. Every brewery steam cleans their bottles, but no one was saying it. And because it was at a time when cleanliness and, you know, people were, that was a top of mind kind of concern. Yeah. Schlitz capitalized on it. And they rode that wave to success with the steam, clean your bottles, because what are you going to do? Be the next brewery, come out and say, we steam clean our bottles too. You're going to look stupid, right? Yeah, Schlitz, exactly. Schlitz kind of did it with wow. on that campaign. And Yeah, I mean, just there's been so much, um, so much creative that was created around for ads, you know, even on the Super Bowl around beer, you know, Budweiser and, and look at the resurgence Pabst has had, you know, Pabst back in my day was like, you wouldn't even touch that stuff, right? Now it's celebrated. It's, like really, this... it's an
1: up and coming kind of new yeah. age thing again, and they just had a can contest actually they opened it I think this was the first year they opened it worldwide like or global. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like going to pick, I think 10 different um, entries I didn't get a chance to enter in that one. Um, But yeah, that would, that would be something I would recommend, you know, if, if there's students out there looking to get into, you know, even the beer industry or building your portfolio, enter contests, you know, when you see them and you have time, just create, keep creating stuff every day.
0: Yeah, I agree. So if somebody wanted to kind of, um, you know, look at your stuff or kind of get in touch with you or, or, you know, are you, what, can you share some of that information in terms of like your website and You know, just where people can go to see your work, you know, so because I I think it's, I think people should absolutely go look at your work because it's, it's exceptional. It's fun. It just, you know, I could tell you, Jen, when I look at it, I could tell you're having fun creating it. I don't know if that's, you know, that's that's, good to hear. (laughs) That's just me because I've been in this field so long, like that kind of stuff. I can, I can look at a design and know whether that person was having fun creating it. And you just look like you're having a blast creating oh all my this gosh, stuff. yeah,
1: It is. I, I love sharing each step of the way, you know, and then the most rewarding part is when the beer comes out from the brewery to, you know, go to either the tap room or the distributor and find that can and then take it home and, and sample it because it's got your artwork on it. So it's, it's a whole experience for me, not just as sure. the designer and the artist, but you know, the the head brewer and the brewmaster put a lot of time and effort into that beer um so pairing it with my art with all that craftsmanship it's it's you know a work of art in itself between the liquid and the label and so to enjoy it but uh
0: right yeah. right both of them involved uh, both involved an amount of craft right the yep. label design and what gets uh, created inside of it do you have do they have like um Like when they uh, have a new beer that comes out, do they have like tasting parties? Is there like a party, a launch party that you get to go?
1: Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I've been down to uh, Monument City down in Baltimore um, for some tastings and stuff when when things came out, and that's that's always a hoot. That's that's super fun to try different stuff before you know before it would even come out to market, and just to be involved in that whole process because you know everybody in the beer industry is super passionate because. There's so much time and energy and even money involved in everything between picking and selecting certain hops and malts that are quality or where sure. they came from or where they were grown to, you know, I, I put a lot of time and passion into the art, but to hear how long it fermented and brewed and, and then to taste it. And so everyone that's sitting there doing a little sample is just, there's just so much passion going on between everybody that is involved in the process. So.
0: Well, you just said something that reminded me of a question I wanted to ask. How would you come up? Well, what's what the name, the name of your, your design studio? What's the significance? What's the backstory?
1: Ah, Hoot. You can find me at hootdesignstudio.com. And I'm primarily um, social media Instagram. So if you just type in Hoot, uh, Hoot Design okay. Studio, I'll pop up there, LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter a little bit and Behance. But uh, the name, the concept behind it, um, my first Uh, business name was Jen's Creative Designs. And I opened that as an LLC. So Hoot is a DBA of that. And my first logo was an owl. And the tagline was see and hear the difference in your distinctive marketing. So playing off the acute senses of the owl. um, I love nature. I love birds. um, And the owl just represents that knowledge and experience that I've gained along the way. The detail that I put into my work. And, you know, seeing the difference because there's a lot of graphic designers out there that, you know, I've, I've worked with that are amazing at layout, composition, but they can't draw. So I started mm. marketing myself as hearing and seeing the difference because I'm, I'm not just a designer. I'm also an artist. Um, right. So yeah, that's right. where I originated from.
0: Okay. Um, did, uh, I should have asked this earlier, apologize that I didn't. Did your dad get to see... Um, you Know you make the transition over to what you're doing now. Did he get to know that you did that?
1: He did not. Um, you know, I, I told him along the way that different things that I was working on. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, with the dementia, there's good and bad days. Sure. And, um, okay. Yeah. yes, so I don't think he he quite knew what was what was happening, but I know he would have, you know, been proud and, and super supportive Absolutely. of the journey.
0: So. yeah, yeah. I mean You know, that's just really cool that he he expressed that to you. It's almost like it it gave you permission. It gave you the permission that you needed to kind of to kind of take that leap, you know? And parents' words, you know, they can they can have a lot of impact, you know, especially when it's a positive something positive like that. And I I just I love that 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 he did that for you.
1: Yeah. It was it was like I had permission, like the small child in me said. It's okay to be an artist and do what you love. Take a chance because, you know, visiting him in the nursing home and seeing the, you know, progression of of his health and just thinking about my own life and my journey. And is this what I want to do, you know, or do I want to, do I want to take a chance and try to do what I love? So yeah, it was, it was an incredible feeling of, hearing that from him, you know, and that's, I think yeah. something that's going to stick with me forever.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you that I've had people try to talk me out of, of going into the field that I went in um, just because of the same reason, you know, um, I don't know why there's not a term for a starving accountant or a starving <laughs> electrician. I don't know why, like, why is it, you know, artists get the title starving artist, you know, it's like, come on, you know, there's a lot of we people need to that, change
1: that. <laughs> I know,
0: I know we need a better public relations person. Cause I'll tell you, I do a lot of work around creativity. And that's another term that when people hear it's like, Oh God, here we go. You know, they lava lamp, beanbag chairs and <laughs> foosball tables. That's what, when, that's what most people's perception is when they hear the word creativity. Oh, you're going to go be creative. Yeah. Right? Air,
1: yes. Which
0: means no working. Right. Like, no, yep.
1: you're I'm not sorry. Getting paid. <laughs>
0: right. I'm sorry that thinking doesn't really look like anything, you know, other than you just staring, thinking, you know, um, and actually those other little things like foosball tables and stuff, those just take your mind off what you're trying to think on. So your subconscious can work on it. But that's a, that's another conversation. But so we need a better PR person for, to, to kind of, Move away from that starving artist crap. I've always yeah. hated that, you know. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't trade the career that I've had because I've worked with some absolutely amazing people. I'm still working with them. Every day is different. Um, I, I love this feel. I love it, you know. I, I wouldn't be doing a podcast on it, you know, if I didn't love talking to people about it and 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 sharing, you know, knowledge. So yeah, I, I I'm glad I, I'm glad I chose the the, the career that I did. And it's I've done and I'm proud of the work that I've done. I'm still doing it. And, um, you know, obviously you are as well, which is why I wanted to reach out to you and why I wanted to talk to you and have you on AdYak.
1: Awesome. Definitely. I I feel the same. And I just, you know, I encourage anybody out there that, you know, loves to draw or, you know, anything creative, you know, like don't, don't listen to the starving artist thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard that my whole career too of, you know, Oh, it's, it's nice to just go paint and stuff, but you know, it's like, it, they, they just, they don't see it the way, you know, it's. Well,
0: they mean, well, they mean, well, they're trying yeah. to save you from, you know, disappointment, but you know what? Thanks. But I'll have my, I'll serve my own disappointment. If I'm going to be disappointed, it's going to be on something that I choose to do. Right. Not what someone else wants me to do.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly.
0: So Jen, with that, I want to thank you so much. Jen Bohr, Hoot Design Studio. Your work is awesome. Um, I hope people go check it out. And uh, thanks for being on Ad Yak. I hope you had fun.
1: I did. I think we could talk forever. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that beer can collection out of your attic. You got to bring <laughs> that down and send me some photos. <laughs>
0: you know what? I'm, and you know what? I'm, I'll send you some of my pen and inks. So my pen and ink drawings.
1: Yes. So you definitely. can see,
0: cause I've, you know, I know I saw that you're into the stipple. You got, I yes. was all about the stipple, you know, I boom, 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 boom. love that. Technique. Yes.
1: I love that detail. It's so different than what a lot of people are doing. So yeah. 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 Cool. And thank you I very love much. That.
0: Be well and um, continued success.
1: You too. Thanks again for having me.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. All right, Ad Yakkers. Hope you enjoyed it because we have many more great conversations planned and guests lined up ready to yak it up. Ad Yak is sponsored and produced by ASR Media and Lehigh Valley with love. Theme song was written and performed by Dan Ross. Location recording was at JT Norman's design studio. Ad Yak is the official podcast of the AAF Greater Lehigh Valley Ad Club. Stay hungry, stay humble. Till next time. This episode of Ad Yak is rated O for, oh man, that was good.